Welcome, welcome to Game Over Montreal. That was not last weekend, Mark. <laughs> that was that was a rough one. As good as the Canadians looked against Boston on Saturday uh, of last weekend, they looked that bad against the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. Now, I don't think it's a matter of just matching up poorly because they had one of their best games of the season against the Golden Knights, but it right. seems like both these teams really like dominating the other team while they're away. I, I don't know. It was a weird one. It, it was let's let's be honest. It was the Canadians' worst game of the season. I'd say by far. Like you're talking about what, like forty-seven high danger. It's not forty-seven. Hold on, Andrew. Give me one second. I'm gonna look this up. It's live. a lot. It, it's it's a lot. It's more than I could count because it's more than my fit my my fingers. But yeah, so we're talking about uh, just at five on five, almost twenty high danger shots by the yeah. Golden Knights, including eleven in the first period. Yeah, it was twenty-eight to six in all situations, high danger yeah. shots, so, which yeah. is the by far the worst the Canadians have played this season. Like, yeah, not absolutely. even close. Yeah, and I don't think it's a coincidence that Kitten Gooley had his worst game, sort of the Habs, but that's not necessarily a bad sign. That's well, it's bad now, but it's going to be good later. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good that the team goes as Gooley goes, considering he's been so consistently excellent. But uh, we're going to get into the story of the game here. We're going to talk about some individual performances and maybe some other stuff in the third segment before taking your questions at the end in the presser. But first, got to talk to you about sign-up experts. The NHL season's, season is heating up and there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Whether you're looking to hammer on an Austin Matthews anytime goal or ride the puck line with the Montreal Canadiens, which you clearly should not do, our sign up, or our partners at Sign Up Expert want to make sure you're ready to sweat your bets with one of the best. Sign Up Expert is hooking up listeners with one of the newest sports books available in Canada, Batano. Batano is home to some of the best odds when it comes to betting on the NHL and offers unique markets, including virtual soccer and basketball. All you have to do to get started is scan the QR code that's on your screen right now, or click the link in the description of this video, or if you're listening on this podcast, and place that first bet. If you thought the Vancouver Canucks have been the best surprise of the season so far, wait until you try Batano. Don't walk, run to check out Batano today. Scan that QR code or hit the link in the description to get started and start sweating your bets with the best. Always remember to bet responsibly and within your means. Viewers must be 19 plus to sign up for Batano. Uh, so, oh, that's the wrong one. Go back there to Mark. Went to three cameras there for a second in OBS. Uh, hey, I, haven't, I haven't eaten that much Dairy Queen this, this summer, okay? But you, if I keep going quite. like this, you will need a third screen for me. It's kind of like taking a flight. I'm going to have to buy two seats. I hear that. I hear that. So this one obviously was sloppy. I think the, so the thing, the thing that I'm like, listen, execution was not there tonight. There were some good moments here and there, but what consistently drove me nuts is the Canadians just give up the blue line defensively. Yeah. Like terrible, terrible yeah, rush defense immediately, immediately. And it's not, uh, and it, it's not a smart collapse. You're right. It, it's just essentially acquiescing any sort of rush defense. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, the worst player for it is the guy that I would expect to step up the most at the blue line. And that's Mike Matheson. Yeah. There oh. were like, and he had a, a, a compared to the rest of his colleagues tonight. He had a great game. Okay. But there were still several moments tonight where it's like, he sees something happening and then it takes a second and he's like, I forgot that it's happening. And he does something else. And you're like, but there's a guy right there. Like you just yeah, watched yeah, him think, walk past you. I think the thing we're seeing with Matheson this year is that, and I agree, he was better than the rest. Now that's like <laughs> the bar is so low that limbo competitions would deem it illegal. But what's happening with Matheson this year is that he's not 
he's not thinking ahead, right? Like last year we saw a guy that had two or three plays planned. This time we're seeing the guy pull off spinoramas, then whipping the puck 17 feet wide, comes back for a shorthanded chance. You know, that's the kind of stuff that Matheson is better. He's better than that, right? So it's, um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't particularly say he had the worst game. He might've had the best game on defense. Really hard to say. Maybe Kovacevic. I don't know. The bar is low. <laughs> yeah, it is really low. I think Kovacevic had a pretty decent game. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know what? For all everybody's ragging on Caden Gooley, he was just about even tonight in expected goals. Yeah. Oh, because he was, he was, a, he was a, like 20% uh, shot share at one point. And I was like, geez, that's low for Caden Gooley this year. Yeah. I, I think he had a better third period. He made it up to 31.6% mark. Relatively speaking, is he still a positive? I bet he's a positive. I'm going to go check. <laughs> uh, not quite, not quite. Oh. He's just just dipped into the negatives. But uh, yeah, it was it was a rough game for I, I think pretty much everyone. Like the execution just wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, the one guy who kind of stood out to me, actually, I guess the two guys. I, I thought Nick Suzuki had a pretty crafty game. Uh, he obviously everything didn't go his way, but set up two goals. I, uh, yeah, two goals out of the four or out of the five, and mm-hmm. uh, I thought Cole Caulfield was generating offense, even if he wasn't generating shots. He was actually, those two were the, oh no, uh, Suzuki wasn't the top two, but uh, Cole Caulfield and his line, as much as people are saying they don't like Dvorak on that line. And they did I, I fine. Get, they did fine. Again, they had a rough game last game, but they've been dominating in terms of expected goals, pretty much every game. So uh, I thought Uri Slavkovsky tonight, I saw some people questioning his decision-making. I think his decision-making is fine. It's just some games the execution isn't there, and tonight was one of those games. Yeah, well, and, and he was fairly invisible too, right? That's the other part. Yeah. Like, I think you're seeing when Slavkovsky's engaged, for good or bad, you're seeing a lot more of him, and that's I think that's just what fans want to see no matter what, right? Because we, we know now he's going to do his learning in the NHL. It's not ideal. But uh, yeah, it was just kind of a mystery game for Slavkovsky. I mean, until that period, which let's be honest, that was like, man, that that was one of the worst calls I've seen in a while. And I'm going to say this, the refs hate it. Which one? Which one? The call on Slavkovsky. Where, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, but yeah here, Here's bad. where he got caught with Andrew and referees hate this, but because they don't have the right view when someone puts their stick in right away, every opponent holds it, right? And it's like yep. a 50-50 if you're going to get the penalty or not on it, or actually it's probably in favor uh, of the house in this case so for vegas um the referees see that though and they're gonna make up for it in another game completely irrelevant to the habs but uh yeah that was another fun f- as phantom calls go in the last two games i'd say that one wasn't as bad as the gallagher phantom call so hey man oh that was bad yeah so that, that was- hey, and i just want to give a shout out to everyone in the chat we have all our regulars amazing i believe trinka was saying primo wasn't great and i'm going to take exception to that because i think yeah absolutely as good as you can expect a guy that's facing a high danger chance every six seconds from William Carlson. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he was I, fantastic. I, if GMs are okay, there was a long list of GMs and scouts and Marc Bergevin was obviously there. Um, and Marc Bergevin is the guy who promised Primo that he'd get that backup job behind Caden Price after one year. So maybe he's still interested in fulfilling his promise. But uh, I think they'll like what they saw, even though he allowed, what, six goals or was one empty and I, w- I was writing at that point regardless when a goalie allows five goals and he's one of the best guys on the ice um you know it's kind of like the Patrick Roy when he played for Granby situation is not quite at that level but I think anyone in attendance would say that was a pretty darn good game by uh by Kane Prebo except for our, our good friend Trinka who disagrees that five of the shots were savable I agree two of them actually uh hit Primo but if you watch the defensive coverage there was one play where Josh Anderson 
was spinning around more than Kurt Browning at the Olympics. You know what I mean? Just in his own defensive zone, just kind of like, what, what, you know, what would you say you do here, Mr. Anderson? So the defensive coverage was, was really, really bad. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about Primo a little bit more in our second segment here, but uh, just going over the game, I, I noticed that uh, we were talking about Slavkovsky. David Darcy mm-hmm. says, why does Slav insist on trying the pass? Uh, I'm assuming he's referring mostly to that two-on-one he had with Cole Caulfield. And I'm with you. Yeah. He needs to act like he did. Uh, what was the? I can't remember Shoot. what game it was. Oh, it was. He um, had seven shots. He had ten at five on five. It was. Uh, yeah, it was, was like it seven. Buffalo. Was it Buffalo? It was a few games ago. My Time brain is a jumble. Me, if I'm being possible, and also Trinka saying that it, it wasn't Trinka who said that about Primo. It was against so the Canucks. I just, I just went out. I just went on at him there, or at Trinka. He or her, or they, and um, by accident, my bad. But whoever said Primo was bad, I'm out to get you. <laughs> it was it was Trizak. It was Trizak. Trinka. Yeah, well, no, it's Trisnika. Trizak Tris- and Trinka, the, the two that always get Trisnika. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Slav needs to bear down, right? And he, he just needs to shoot be, endlessly. He needs like, to be a little bit more selfish. I I totally and, understand going to Caulfield there. I do. And, and but uh, ironically, Andrew, that's exactly the same play that everyone said you have to start shooting on again in that game against Vancouver. It was with Caulfield, and you always pass to Caulfield, right? Yeah, but, but not like, for Slavkovsky. Shoot, yeah, just that Vancouver game. Like he was taking those shots, right? Yeah. And we need to see. I mean, obviously, not every game from him is going to be that great, right? I know he didn't score that game, but in terms of individual performance, he was doing everything right. But we got to see a little bit more of that selfishness in his game because he can score. We we know he can score. We've seen it. Uh, Montreal MFC says dropping under five hundred. I mean, listen. It was always going to happen, right? Okay, has, uh, okay. A, a quick aside, not that I ever derail conversations, but has anyone watched Lane Hudson in Boston recently? Because uh, there's this guy called Macklin Celebrini who's playing there, and let's just let's just say he's the exact type of player the Canadians need in their lineup. And I, I like I, I don't know if they're bad enough to be bottom five and really get a shot at him, but gee whiz, man! To quote my grandpa, there that's uh, that's a, that's a kid you want uh, working in your barn there, you know. So he's gonna. If Lane Hudson and Celebrini can do that in the NCAA, I can. We can just kind of envision it and and maybe put a what do you call it a vision board? How does that work? We just need to like vibe it I mean, into existence. <laughs> I can break out the candles again and we can have another seance stream. If we need to do that. I don't mind. <laughs> well, you know what? With NDG, I'll say this. No, actually, I'm not going to complain. I've had power for like three weeks straight now. So don't jinx complain. it. Yeah. Don't jinx it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, there's not really that much, I think, to talk about in, in terms of like the overall flow of the game. It was a really <sighs> weird, like, it was uh, well, a terrible he, game from the Canadians, right? Like, so from Nick, Nick Suzuki, I will say this going back to your earlier point. So he set up those first two goals. And um, did you see a stat posted by Megan Chaika um, talking no. about um, plays basically generating expected goals from passes? And Nick Suzuki's, I think, third in the NHL right now. So that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And, and you know, who's right behind him, Connor McDavid. And I'm not trying to like that. It goes to show that Connor McDavid has been unlucky, but even with all his points, Nick Suzuki's unlucky to have more points. Like the other night he set up Anderson perfectly. I don't know, 40 times Evans on the breakaway. Yep. Like he's really doing a great job creating time and space for his teammates, but we're getting a little bit of Saku Koivu itis there with the uh, guys not finishing like new was, that was good. But it was his first goal in 13 games. So yeah, I, I, I'll say this, Andrew, today was more evidence to me that even though I've long said that Caulfield and, and Suzuki should be broken up, I'm starting to starting to say no. Never mind. Go back to go back to having them together in the same line and figure it out. At least that was my impression tonight after seeing um, the second line in action and the third line yeah. is no longer floating them. Right. So, like their their best line was the fourth line. 
Uh, I think their best line was the Caulfield line still tonight. There were, yeah, for like pure chances, but in terms of like impact. For, well, for I mean, defensively as well, right? Because every oh, yeah. other line got like blown apart. Absolutely ripped apart. Like, yeah, yeah, well, like the yeah. fourth line was brutal on the defensive end. Where were they, so like, uh... I, I think this is like you, you mentioned Suzuki's been a little bit unlucky. I think Caulfield obviously has as well. Like these guys at even strength have actually been producing really quality chances for the most part all season long. Yeah. And the defensive play has come along by leaps and bounds for, for both of them. So, I mean, unless these lines start clicking offensively right away here in the next couple of games, it is time, I think, to go back. Uh, it, I think it does make them a little bit more effective right now to have them split up because they don't have Doc to shift some more power through the rest of their lineup. And I like the Monaghan line, but the Monaghan line is very much like a break-even line for me. Yeah. And... The, they can pop a few goals because they're veterans and savvy and and they can play good defense, but I don't think they're a dominant No, and they, they can't line. be a line that you depend on every night. No. And it's, it's not fair to, right? It, like if they Exactly. If they produce, great. If they don't, not, you know, there's nothing you do to complain, but I will complain about this. Listen, you know I love how Brennan Gallagher has been playing. That play at the end of the third, it was the most blatant, and dumb penalty Gallagher has taken, I think, in his entire career. But was it dumb if it negates a goal? Well, well, okay. In the, okay, in, no, it's just in the sense that there was zero chance he got away with it. Because oh, yeah, it wasn't it sneaky. Was, it, it was interference. It was a double minor high stick. It was hooking, and it was tripping all at once. Yep. Like that, that, that's amazing. I'm not even I, I kind of wish they would have just called, like, eight minutes on him just to see his reaction. <laughs> just right? Because it would have been hilarious. I do wonder, like, I know that they never do, but I feel like the refs should call multiple infractions that, when that multiple was that should have been game. six minutes easy and also someone hey didn't they call it tripping on the ice and then they came back from the penalty box and they said the stat the call on the ice stands four minutes for high sticking yeah because they they physically cannot admit that they made a mistake mark this is why <laughs> i got into an argument not an argument but like a back and forth with uh sean from uh man i'm blanking on the last name now sean There's who we ate uh, putin with Sean, we ate, I've eaten with a lot of Sean's, but you're going to have to be a lot more, a lot <laughs> who, more accurate. He worked with at the Athletic. He works for a bank now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Sean, yeah, Sean. <laughs> yeah, Sean. Awesome, Sean. Anyway, he was saying like, oh, you know, the lines, because I was saying the whole obsession with offside reviews mm -hmm. were, mis yes, it's great to get the right call, blah, blah, Gordon, blah. But sorry. Yes, Sean Gordon. That's the I, one. He's a great guy. My bad, Sean. Like, super amazing I know. Guy. It's just he's one of the only guys that was like, on that the spoke to the younger writers at The Athletic. So, good, good guy. Yeah, he's a fantastic guy. But he was saying that, like, because I was mentioning that they miss calls that are clean entries and call them offside mm -hmm. because nobody wants to be the guy that gets it wrong, right? So, they're mm -hmm. extra cautious at the line ever since the offside review came in. So, it's great to say, oh, they get the call right on calling goals back, but how many goals are we missing? on clean entries that get called onside. And he was like, oh, like, I bet you it's like 90, high 90% accuracy. Like, yeah, except for that they miss a lot of offsides on goals yeah. and they miss a lot of icings. I don't think these guys are as wholly accurate as we represent them as. No. And it, like, linesmen are not very great. I, I'm sorry. They're not the best at their jobs. I know it's a tough job, but we but, can admit that it's difficult. Same mm -hmm. with refs and mm -hmm. give them more supports instead of this ego BS. Where it's like, oh, call on the ice stands. It wasn't the call on the ice, man. Just say we made the review. There was a high stick on the play that caused that uh, caused bleeding. Therefore, it's four minute minor. Like, it's not that hard, man. Just have some humility. But they don't 
have any. And, and uh, but I will say this, this, the NHL kind of put them in a, a bit of a shit situation too, right? Because it's like, I'm more on the side of the refs and all this. I, I almost like tonight, the reason the Habs lost was not the referees. So no, no. Like, and not even nobody's close. saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the NHL is essentially saying like, hey, yeah, we really trust you guys, except for we know you fuck up every night. So we're going to give everyone a little voucher here and uh, they can uh, put you put your decision on the big screen, embarrass you. Um, if you get it wrong, but if they if they if they didn't actually catch you, we'll give them a penalty. It'd be fine. Hey, either you trust your linesman or you don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. This one foot out, one foot in, one foot out stuff is 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 hocus pocus. You know, it's just ridiculous. So yeah, I I, I say go to laser if you want, but really, I think the linesman in general do a pretty good job, and that's part of the deal. Human error is part of the deal. So just like baseball, if you're gonna keep those, you're not gonna bring in an umpire and then have a a box with lasers in it, right? To, to figure out your, your batting zone. Same thing with, with hockey, either you go with humans or you go with robots, but uh, this one in one out thing, like we're, it's the fastest game on earth. Now let's take 12 minutes. Like, don't worry. You can go to the store, grab a beer. Cause we're going to pull out our micrometer and figure out whether or not this Zapruder footage is going to tell us if he was offside. It's just, it's, it's the worst thing that's happened to hockey in the last five years. I'd say, okay, in terms of on rule, like on ice rules, is, yes, is that yeah. stupid challenge? Yeah. The in terms of changes to the game, it's the worst change they've made mm -hmm. since and it's what? Because Matt Shine went seventy five feet offside like five years yeah. ago. That's that's what it was. It's Who so dumb. It's so Who dumb. But it? anyway, uh, we mentioned Cole Caulfield. Uh, Montreal MUFC says not that I agree with some people, but I have started seeing casper or other ghost references about coffee on social media the last guy who tasted those references was max here's the thing i'm going to say about that because i've i've seen it too a lot of people getting frustrated with cole caulfield if you actually think that he's invisible right now you're just not good at watching this game i'm sorry i, I don't mean to be mean i'm not trying to be overly harsh but if you think that he's playing poor <laughs> you're hockey, like, you're like, you have no idea what hockey is. You're stupid. You're dumb. I'm not trying to be mean. Just, <laughs> I'm not trying to be overly mean. But frankly, if you, you can't idiot. see how well he's playing, no, I, I question agree. your judgment on everything about this game. Well, you know what's crazy, Andrew, is that for the first time in a long time, he's not necessarily the best player on his line every night. And again, it's not I'm, I'm not dogging on, on you know his, his effort or anything. But we saw the other night, you know, um, Dvorak was probably the best player on that line. And then a couple nights before it was Lefkowski. So maybe fans aren't used to him always uh, or not. They're not used to him kind of taking a back seat, but he was creating chances tonight. I think the one thing you'll see is that his chances when he's on either Caulfield misses the net by about half an inch or, yep. or, or he's painting that corner. We're seeing him hit more of the Josh Anderson zone, you know, uh, lately. So he's going right on the crest and that, obviously is an issue but just looking at his underlying numbers his chances i i get why caulfield's getting crap because that's a history in montreal you go after the best player right or the best goal scorer like you mentioned earlier it's the patcheretti thing all over yep. again but um when you have guys like uh slavkovsky and then anderson and then half of the other lineup that haven't scored in 20 games there eh, kind of missing the forest for the trees a little bit but but you know you want to see him score more and he's making that big money uh he's getting his chances so I agree. You want to see him score more often, but I also agree with you that the process has been pretty good. I just agree. Yeah. I agree with everything. Yeah. And Trizek says coffee has been quite visible crossing the blue line before the puck two times. I agree. Come on. Two times. Three times. Also, both times. times were reviewed. Like if they weren't caught in real time, I don't give a shit. <laughs> really Here's don't. the other part that drives me nuts about that. Could He's not imagine? like Brian Gianta, who's like five times a game. 
could you well yeah the thing is with coffee like cost them three goals like well anyways but could you imagine in basketball them being like four buckets later they whistle the play down and they're like hey you know what your toe was on the line we missed it um so instead of just like fixing the score we're gonna boom nothing happened we're gonna thanos our way out of this like instead of admitting we fucked up we're gonna penalize you that's the crazy part their mistake ends up penalizing the players that's why this whole process is just that's so messed up kangaroo court madness it is well did you know there was a point i think it was in the second period i was watching my phone because my oldest was having a meltdown but uh the canadians had possession in vegas zone and a puck was deflected, and it went into the netting, came back down, and three different Canadians players motioned like, hey, it was over, and the refs were like, play on, play on, play on. So in that situation, say the Canadians score, yeah, and Vegas tells them, hey, the puck went out, because that has been reviewed before. I don't think it's technically reviewable, but it has been reviewed before. If a ref ignores the scoring team saying, hey, it went out, and then that team scores, and they take that goal back... I feel like all the refs should just be fired <laughs> like that day. I don't <laughs> yeah, think like you should gonna... be. I don't think you should be able to call the goal back either. If they told you <laughs> they that it was fired. out, I like that. <laughs> just pa- pack your bags, go home. Like it's terrible. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think we're, the funny thing is that anytime you mention it to any other fan base, they're like, "Oh yeah, us too." You know, like they're and it's not. It's not even always against the Habs. That's the thing. We have so many examples of like terrible calls. You know what? This t- tonight, I thought that. Um, the Mark Stone thing, like technically you could call that hooking technically by the book, but that was great defense on Nick Suzuki. Suzuki made it look well, worse than it was. He slashed he him too. He Pardon slashed me? him too. He Go slashed down you. on his stick. That, 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 that is a stick check in hockey. I've done it a 10,000 no, times. No, 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 because this is the way they call it now in the league. Playing hockey, but that being no, no, said, going down from the top is no longer, it's no longer legitimate. He was like, if you go up like, from no, below, that's a, that's that's a, a stick, stick check. check. That's a stick check. No, no, no. But stick check can be on the blade or from underneath but if you go over top onto the shaft of the stick that's technically slashing now but that's always been a stick check right that's i i've never heard that but before it is where, where it became a slasher it's never been a slash in the history of my life but anyways all this to say is that it goes both ways right yes and uh it, it's not just a montreal canadians issue you know it goes well, with the amount of zone time the vegas golden knights had tonight they could have mm-hmm. had 35 power plays oh yeah at least <laughs> at least <laughs> and, and and again like when i'm thinking about the goals i feel like primo maybe again two of them maybe he got a chunk of them but the halves were like uh just a you know they had the intensity of a frozen bag of carrots there tonight in the defensive zone yeah all right uh make sure that you like and subscribe here uh, it also it really helps us grow if you really want to help us you can take the link for the stream tonight throw it on your favorite social media share it right now get some more people in here have some more fun let's talk about some individual performances. We kind of talked on Primo. I want to talk about Josh Anderson a little bit because I I want to root for this guy. Is it going to be because, good? Is it? <laughs> no, it's, it's not. I want to root for him because he's working hard. He's getting chances, mm-hmm. but he's so hard to root for when you watch him closely because he just has such tunnel vision. And like there was one moment in the game, I think it was the first period where he made three excellent defensive breakups and each time he immediately threw the puck away right to a vegas golden knights player in a worse position than it was in before (laughs) it's like bro can't you just stop for literally 0.01 seconds and put the puck in the right spot then he had that rush he had a three-on-one with uh, i think it was new hook and Baron was Baron. coming up as the trailer. Baron's smacking his stick on the ice, saying, like, I'm coming, I'm right behind you, I can be here for support. And he tries to force the play 
and put an area pass in front was way too far ahead turned into nothing and i just i want him to get some goal scoring going here because i feel like he doesn't deserve like he's been better than what his stats show but he's so frustrating for me to watch that i don't want him afforded the opportunities anymore either (laughs) i uh I, I am actually the other way around. Like for the longest time, I'm like, hey man, it makes sense. He's getting those chances. Now I'm like, hey, listen, it's it's great to be like what Martin Saint Louis is doing right now. There's there's no other player I think in the entire league that has a a, a lower actual goals compared to expected goals, right? Nobody yet. No, and so it makes there's sense, only, right? He's the only guy who has over five expected goals with zero goals. Yeah, exactly. So it makes sense. He is due, but you can't. To me, it's not the chances. It's just playing the defensive zone. That's just like again, your man. You're just. You're like a just confusingly spinning. Did you ever see the seals that just kind of spin around there? Like when they're when they're sunbathing? That's what Josh Anderson does in his own zone. He seals he spins around like a sunbathing seal. Okay. So it's just like that's not acceptable by any means. And and I'll I'll add on to what you said. He had actually a really nice zone entry at one point. He had a clear lane to go to cut out, but he decided to do a backhanded flip pass to attempt to go through three guys. Guess what happened? And guess what happened, Andrew? Turnover. Oh, yeah, definitely. Big old turnover. So he's at the point where it's all in here now, and it's not just a matter of him getting unlucky. Now he's starting to make a really dumb decision. So, hey, man, listen, I, I get the love for Anderson. He's been a good player for them, but it's time to give... Like, if you're Jesse Yulunen and you get two goals in your 12 minutes you've gotten all year, and you look at this guy, he's getting power play time, and he's getting top minutes, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, this is this is very normal that I, you know, I outproduced him in about three minutes tonight and he's still going to get more minutes. So I think Martin said he's done an admirable job, but it's an admirable job. But it's time to just basically kind of put him in the third line. No power play. If he starts going, he starts going, but is becoming detrimental to the team. Yeah. And and this is the problem with Anderson, right, is he tanks <laughs> lines defensively. Yeah. And oh, yeah. if you're putting him on a higher line in order to get him going you are harming your ability to line match. Yeah, so you kind of have to hide him and, you know, it, with, it's with tough Suzuki, to hide Let's guy. be honest, Suzuki's covering all his mistakes right now. That's Oh, yeah. Big if time. If it wasn't for Suzuki, it's like, okay, they, 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 they had a 50% goal share tonight, or shot share. I'm so surprised um, because of the, the turnovers, again, created by Anderson. But Kay brings up a good point here. He's taken up the Joe Drouin, uh, the Jonathan Drouin snake bitten mantle. So there's got to be one, right? It was like from Victor Mete to Jonathan Drouin. Like, <laughs> here's the torch, be it yours to hold it high. Uh, See, and I was going to be meaner than that and say he was like the new Mike Hoffman. Well, hey, Mike Hoffman just scored. So <laughs> this is true. I mean, Mike Hoffman, I think overall is a better goal scorer than, than uh, Josh Anderson because he can score in a couple yep. different ways. He can laser it, he can. You know, one time at a little Anderson's a very one note goal scorer. And I feel like like he doesn't really necessarily even have a a great shot. Mm -hmm. He just gets himself to good places. And eventually that should create some goals. But overall, it's just not working. All right. Caden Primo. uh, I know that he wore down over the course of the game. But I mean, his last couple games, like every game this season, I think he's been at the very least good. And don't forget uh, Devils and Vegas, right? Like, yeah, he's been facing tough competition. And who was it? Who was the, who was the second team? Um, Detroit. And he Detroit, was, uh, I think it was Detroit. And he played great against Detroit. He got the win. Uh, he's been more confident than I've seen him in the NHL at any point. Uh, probably more confident than he's been in most of his AHL games. Calm, except for calm. That final like, run. His body language is telling you that, hey, man, he might be ready for that next step, right? Yeah. And the amount of backdoor plays that Vegas completed tonight 
that backdoor pass was open all night. They were feeding like the amount of rush chances. I actually think the expected goals were undercounted. Like if Primo was even a like slightly off his game, there could have been eight or nine goals tonight. I'm not in like, the first I, period. Seriously, from, from William Carlson only. <laughs> yeah, like it was bad. They were not good defensively tonight no, at no, all. Absolutely, and okay. So and oof. Mathieu Barrette uh, is saying Anderson's close to entering Scott Gomez territory. No, but here's the thing. Scott Gomez actually did good stuff when he wasn't scoring. He actually like did controlled exits and controlled entries. He held the puck. His team outshot opponents. Yeah, he he had the scoring touch of a young Martimo in high school. But the thing is that he actually did other good things on the ice. Anderson, again, just a spinning seal, right? So, And, and one thing I'll, I'll, to just kind of put a fine point on my argument from 14 minutes ago. Who, who did they put on the ice when they pulled the uh, pulled the goalie? He was out there, right? He ended up putting Josh Anderson. Well, actually, I do believe Newhook's the one that came on. But still, Anderson was on. And Jesse Yulinen was sitting on the bench. And listen, I love Martin St. Louis' idea of getting people going. But you can't punish the guys that are playing well, you know, because Captain No Goals over here needs to get on the ice. So, you know, eventually yeah, I, players I will think, get sick of it. I think they look at his physicality and think that's an asset they need in those, like, six-on-five situations. Like... I know that the last game that they lost, they, uh, who is it? Who did they face last game? You did the last game, so I forget. Uh, da, 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 Flames. Uh, Flames. I have, I have memory. Yeah, uh, was, oof, yeah. I caught the end of that game. I didn't catch the first two periods, but when they had the goalie pulled in that game, uh, they lost the faceoff in Detroit's zone, and mm-hmm. Anderson, like, blitzed through three guys and recovered that puck, and kind of stopped it from being an easy empty net goal. And I was like, okay, I understand when you see that play, why he's out there, Mm -hmm. but you've got like, there's just got to be more brought to the table than what Josh Anderson brings more complimentary skills to justify having him out in those scenarios. Cause the goals aren't happening. He's not making plays. So if all he can do is win the puck. And then once he wins the puck, he can't do anything interesting with it or effective with it what's the point of winning the puck and and did you see a guy tonight in the fourth line that won the puck and that did something really good with it like that's you know a a guy like Yudinen can still win puck battles you know that's the that's the 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 part that i don't understand like if you look at the power play goals too recently andrew anderson's there but again it's you know like what would you say you do here sir you know like what's yeah. your what's your actual job in the power play he's just kind of looking around the other night i forgot who scored but it was a suzuki pass actually no it was a, it hit the crossbar and anderson like went for he was in the slot and he went for a full slap shot just fuck it like happy gilmore here we go whiffed on it <laughs> like, like by a country mile and it went i believe slavkovsky ended up getting the shot and no one mentioned it just cuz i think everyone's kind of like oh man that is like awkwardly bad so it's, yeah it's gotten to the point it's no longer bad luck he's just playing he's just he's just not playing well and hey man it's, it, it should be a meritocracy at, to some point right you can have a guy like joshua westing in the ahl which i think is great while you have a guy like josh anderson who just absolutely you know fumbles non-stop as if he was a toronto argonauts facing the Montreal alouettes for the chance to go to the great cup you know that just that just can't happen yeah i mean the the guy who deserves the shot the most right now is Ulanin. Right. Uh, just I mean, he's got that shooting game. talent, but he he does. If, I'll, I'll and, say this, Andrew. You know, I love Union, but I don't think that he had until tonight. Like he was really flying under the, or he deservedly wasn't getting much recognition. Right. But again, yeah, I, I don't see the value of him in the fourth line now. Before we get off the whole fourth line thing, because we're gonna have to talk about Arbor, I think. But Michael Pizzetta is playing well this year, man. Like full. Oh, stop. fantastic! Michael Pizzetta is playing well. Yeah, I love him. 
I, I adore the guy. He he bleeds for the team every friggin' shift. But man. but like his like, hits are actually useful this year. Yes. So like for, like tonight, for example, um, he was on the forecheck and he set up that Yulinen goal. But he's the one who forced that pass out, right? So then it got intercepted, and he's the one who made the no look. That's like the fourth pass that Pezzetta has made if his name was Crosby they'd be plastered all over TSN it was honestly yeah anyways like I know he's no longer leading the team in expected goals but he, he's doing a really good work on the fourth line yeah and like when uh the Bruins game when we had I had Mitch Brown on and I was kind of getting I was pushing him I was like Mike Pozzetta, like what makes him more effective is like he actually has some translatable offensive skills, right? Like yeah. he yeah. has a strong one timer, like a better than NHL average. And he's got one-timer. some dangles. He's got some little dangles he does. Here and there. Yeah. And like that allows him to make he turn those plays where it looks like he's just gonna be a mucker and grinder into like some really interesting like game changing moments because he has that little bit of skill that he can flash now. And then the, he had that one shift against the Bruins where he was just a crusher and yeah. ended up with like a, a high danger scoring chance and like destroyed somebody in the span of like 10 seconds. Yeah. I, I'm and all that, in on Michael Pizzetta staying in the lineup. I don't think he's to be scratched. It takes until some he physicality away it. from um, uh, Arbor Jack eye too, in that respect. Right. So like, I'd rather see Pizzetta fight here and there. And, you know, you saw him in the box the other day. This guy's not still fight anyone. Um, yeah. And if he goes to the box, I, again, you know, I love him. I'm probably his biggest supporter, but not a huge deal, right? Compared to losing one of your defensemen. So yeah, his pass tonight, his effort level, um, just big fan. Everything about Michael Sp- Pizzetta is uh, is great. And this is important. He, I remember asking him, do you ever do like pineapples on, on pizza? And he was just like, no. And like, next question. And then he texted me. He's like, don't, don't ever ask that shit again. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> so he's a proper Italian. You know what I mean? No, he wasn't mean. He wasn't mean at all. But uh, proper Italian in that respect as well, because pineapple should never go on pizza, ever, ever, ever. Uh, people can like what they like, but it shouldn't be on no. my pizza. That's no. that's all I care about. They can like what they like, but they're wrong about it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right, uh, make sure I like the stream. Speaking of which, yes, that's what I was going to say. Make sure to like the stream. Remember that if you have off-topic questions, you can stick around for the end here, and we will have a short segment called The Presser where you can ask your questions live, and Mark and I will try our best to answer them in a satisfactory way, maybe even highly satisfactory. You never know. Your satisfaction uh, is is important to us. (laughs) Your satisfaction is important to us. Please stand by. Uh, I want to talk about Joshua Waugh a little bit, Mark, because... Let's be honest, this game doesn't deserve to be talked about more than two segments. Well, but... Arbor Jack I got injured, and we don't have any updates, and it would have been great if the Habs didn't get outplayed that much so he wouldn't have to bend on the ice for three minutes. All right, now let's move on. That's true. All right, um, I watched Elite Prospects video, David St. Louis breaking down Joshua Waugh, and it was oh. over the first few games of the season, so it's not, like, up to date, but the way that he broke things down, I looked at what Joshua Waugh has been become very good at over the last little while here and what he's excelling at in the American Hockey League. And I look at how this team played against Detroit, Boston, and to a lesser extent, but still there, Vancouver, the way they're playing on breakouts uh, when they're playing well and executing well. Joshua Waugh is already built to fit in on this team. Like, he is such a perfect slot-in player. I don't know when it's going to happen this year, maybe around the 40-game mark. When they but need think, it, right? That's the other part, Andrew. They don't need they anyone, do. right? They they need somebody to step in and be able to create offense. And Oh, yeah, but I, like in terms of like, for the Habs, I'm talking about warm bodies. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, of course, too. I mean, it's always going to happen with this team, apparently. But 
Yeah, he's uh, he's he's just built to fit in right away. I think he's going to be oh one of those God. rare guys, he's similar be one of to Gallagher, best... where he steps in halfway through the season yeah. and he's just there. He's he's going to be one of their most well-rounded players. Like after Suzuki, once he jumps in the lineup, you know. And but what you're seeing right now, it's even more exciting. Is there's that uh, Sean Farrell is showing fantastic playmaking with with uh, yeah. Joshua Hua in the HL. And so this is kind of what I was getting to at the beginning of the year when everyone was saying you got to call him up right away. Like I get it. And for the longest time, I was the one saying bring the kids and screw the old guys. Now that I'm an old guy, I've changed my opinion. Just like I have an opinion on the capital gains tax, but uh, you know, leave them down there to create that chemistry, and they're building that chemistry in the AHL, right? So you're seeing like. That's what it is nowadays in the in, in hockey, right, Andrew? It's duos. It's really not trios. It's duos. And yeah. you're seeing Farrell and Hua. Brandon Gignac has also been very good. But, but uh, yeah, so we're seeing for the first time in a long time, legitimate Habs prospects leading the charge in the AHL. You're seeing um, Logan Mayu, three goals, seven assists. Uh, or no, five. Either way, still tire fire in his own zone. But uh, I think he's taken the third most shots of all defensemen in the AHL. You know what I mean? So yeah. we're seeing a guy, uh, Jakub Dobesh, having a hard time finding his rhythm, but he's starting to make those nice saves. So the growing pains in Laval right now, to me, are amazing, Andrew. This is what I want to see because, like, you always had a JSD. He wasn't just an idiot. He was just, But he was a useless player for the Habs, right? Because he was never going to get a call-up. So you're having guys that are leading Laval that just weren't doing anything of value. And nowadays, the guys that are doing it are actual legitimate prospects. And, Andrew, when's the last time that happened? It's been Ever. a long time, right? Ever? I, I think the Voyageur, the, the Nova Scotia Voyageur, like <laughs> it's it's been forever. I mean, Joshua Waugh is first in the AHL in shots, uh, second tied for second in points. He's third in points per game for anybody who's played over ten games. Like he's just doing everything you want, and he's doing it while playing well defensively. And- like and, and Andrew, what, what if you go back and you see his goals? Okay, his first goal, did you see it? The first yep. uh, first game cuts to the middle of the ice. His second goal cuts to the middle of the ice. His third goal cuts to the middle of the ice. So we're seeing a guy here that's um cutting to the middle of the ice, I guess is what I want to say. But he's doing that and he's also setting up his 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 he's creating time and space too. He's not always taking those shots, he's finding other guys. So yeah, it's it's exciting, but again, it's a lost wallet and I don't want to rush him. Like I, I wouldn't even mind if you leave Joshua Hua there for the whole year. No, it's not the worst thing in the world. Right. I, I would like to see him get a cup of coffee at least, maybe like the last few games of the year, just to say like, hey, we know you earned your way up here. Sure. Like if he can maintain even a point per game in the American Hockey League, if he loses a lot of steam and goes around a point per game, that's mm. an absolutely stellar season for a twenty-year-old. Oh God, yeah. Oh. Absolutely. And again, he's a fifth round pick, Andrew. Like, yeah, this is it's just this found is, money. This is Brendan Gallagher territory. Um, he's a, he's a bigger, more offensively talented version of Gallagher in terms of how, where they found them, how they developed them. So uh, obviously he has a little more natural talent, um, but he's kind of combined that side where Gallagher always was good with that, the hard work. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he's smart. You can see his vision on the ice. He's very smart. Also, you know, there's guys like Xavier Simonou that are there, but you look at them and you're like, Hey man, like he's, I love Xavier Simonou. I just don't think he'll ever make an impact in the NHL, right? But Joshua yeah. Roy, as you said, right now, you like drag and drop and Anderson come debarrasse Callis and then you just drop Roy there. And I think the Habs are scoring a lot more goals. Yeah, I have a feeling if they can find a trading partner for Josh Anderson, if he gets on a little heater at some point and they move him yeah. at the deadline, if you replace Josh Anderson with Joshua Roy, oh, 
Trade Josh, just Josh for Josh. Oh my God. It's going to be a big difference. It's like know? adding Jacques Martin to your defensive uh, coaching squad there, like immediately, immediately. Um, but, but again, we're talking about a guy who I just don't think has like that game breaking talent that you have to force him in right, right away. So let yeah. him cook, but yeah, get him his minutes, but a nice full year, kind of like they did with uh, number 76 PK Subban. Um, Although that was a mistake. They didn't need yeah, to he went out to win there. a Norris Trophy, and he's one of the best defensemen in Canadian history. Yeah, I, I know. know. Was but it a mistake? They, they like, could have been a better team if the, they just yes, called him because up they earlier. had um, what, Mr. Mr. Molasses there. What was his name there? The Swedish How tree, Gil? where literally he skated like a tree there. Doug, Douglas Murray, wasn't he there at that time? <laughs> uh, no, that was later. That was later. Oh, this was anyway. uh, while Markov was out. It was like the Wisniewski season, I think. No, that was later. Do you remember when it was, was 20, 2010? So it was suspension like for was it the finger he gave or he did the like blowjob motion or what was it again? It was a 10 game I, suspension. It was I think it was the BJ two. motion, but oh. yeah, that was that was different. Uh, the the two, 29 2009 10 was like Markov was out for a bunch and Hammerlick just did everything. It was like Hammerlick and Spachik and, and George's Spachik. and Gill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and George's and Gill was like the shutdown pair. And uh. That was, yeah, not a great defense core. They should have just called up PK. But, that but year, it just but... was to show, like, and I agree with you, Andrew, especially at the time I was saying, like, bring him up. Come on. You see that he's doing great in the AHL. But the thing is that the Habs were trying to compete at that point, right? So it made sense to bring up a guy that's going to improve your overall team. Nowadays, yes. it, you don't have that pressure. No, no, no. Better... There's, uh, yeah, I'm not making that comparison with Wada. No, no, no. And that's what I'm saying. But the reason why, like, why I'm not as worried or I'm kind of flip-flopping here a little bit is that, I just don't 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 see like he will make the house better and as fun as this start has been as fun as like there's good vibes in the rebuild the Habs are not a good team and they really need another top five pick so yeah uh, you know Joshua Juarez and this maybe I'm exaggerating but he can make enough of an impact to make the team better and um, you don't need that right now but as someone mentioned who was it uh, after the trade deadline yeah so once you move guys like Pearson if he starts playing a little bit better um, he's not playing that bad but. I think there would there would be a market for Pearson like right now. Like a it just wouldn't be a huge return, right? Yeah, it wouldn't yeah, yeah. be, and I think that's what it's going to be at the deadline anyway. I think everybody knows essentially at this point in the career uh, what Pearson is. He, he's a, he's a depth guy who can not. But you hurt, want him on your third line. You want he won't hurt your, third, you. Line. You yeah, won't hurt your third line. Won't hurt your fourth line for a short period of time. He won't hurt your second line. He does really <laughs> smart things. Short, I just like short. him. You yeah. know, he's just a likable dude. Good teammate. Yeah. All that good stuff. All right, uh, let's get your questions in, friends. Uh, if you're still watching the stream and you want to ask Mark and I some questions, there's lots of stuff that you can ask us about. You can ask us personal stuff or uh, hockey stuff. doesn't really matter. Actually, oh. you know what? While you're getting your questions in, I was going to tell a quick story. I debated with myself whether or not I was going to do this because you never know how much personal stuff you want to air online. I'm not going to post any names or anything, but uh, this Monday... Uh, Obviously, this weekend was a back-to-back on games where I, or days where I host game over in the morning. I wake up and everything, but I'm kind of like a zombie from the short sleep. So, like, Kish drives the car as we drop the kids off, and yeah. I'm there, but I'm mostly, like, snoozing. Mm-hmm. And I was, we, we were dropping off Miles at daycare. I had already dropped off Dylan. I was kind of sitting in the front seat with my toque down over my eyes, blocking out the sun. It was a sunny morning. And I just saw my wife talking to another parent from the daycare while holding Miles. And I was like, okay, they're just chatting. And then she dropped off Miles, came back after, and burst out crying in the car. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Turns out this guy, who's like six foot four, my wife is like five foot one, maybe, uh, while holding her child, cornered her in the parking lot 
and started talking about how she's a child abuser because Miles wears pink pants and sometimes he wears leggings or he'll throw on like a princess dress or a witch costume because he likes them or he dresses as Ghost Spider who's a female character and he's like, you're forcing your beliefs on this child. You need to read this book called and The Engulfing Mother about narcissistic so you mothers. you spent the night in jail, right? Because that's how I would have. That's how, the thing that's is, how we would have. Yeah. He he was gone by the time I knew what was going was he, on. Was he, right? was he another parent or was he just a random. Another parent at the daycare. Child's genitalia walking on the street. A- another parent at the daycare and insinuated that like all the other parents thought the same thing that we were abusing our child. And I was like, listen, here's the deal. Miles likes Avengers, he likes Transformers, he likes big trucks, he also likes rainbows and unicorns and princesses because he's a three-year-old and and that's entirely fucking normal. And we let him dress the way he wants to dress. If you've ever had a three-year-old and you're trying to get them dressed in the morning, you will know. You can't actually force them to wear anything. They will wear what they want to wear. Mm. It's like not a fight worth taking. So Mm. we let him dress the way he wants to dress. It doesn't matter. And I I was honestly shocked. I feel like people react to transphobes in the same way that transphobes react to trans people. They're like, well, listen, I knew you existed, but I never thought you'd be near me. Yeah. And it was it was well, and especially really just, frust- just um and I'm not trying to take anything away from Kish because I'm pretty sure she's uh, a lot more stable than than you are you and I are. Uh just like she'd probably be able to take us out, even though she's much smaller, you know. <laughs> but just the fact that you're gonna corner someone that you're a foot taller than, and then yeah, okay. Well, you know what, Andrew, it's good that I was not there. Let's put it that way. I know, because you'd be in jail and I would be too. <laughs> but the well, thing no, is, but I would have been like, never... you, you, you go get ice cream and then bail me out. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the, but hey man, no, listen, I will say this and, and I, I get along with kids really well. You know this, I like immediately get along with kids. I have no issue kind of just, just suspending belief and having fun. That's, that's amazing to me. And I will say that Miles is one of the most, um, not just energetic, but inventive and well well situated like he's 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 he has he's 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 got a love for almost everything i asked him what he wanted to do the other day he's like i want to be a scientist you know what i mean so it's all love and it's all happiness and that to me is the great sign of uh great parents so you know and i know dude it's not gonna say much but like fuck that guy fuck that guy he's seriously a guy that spends all his days on facebook just getting really angry but also obsessing about child's genitalia it's like he's the weird one let's be perfectly honest if you're the one that's constantly googling those stories you're the weird one so yeah yeah jack okay, colburn well, hey, says man, proudly transphobic agreed <laughs> proudly transphobic uh-huh. there you go yeah and like obviously yeah, exactly. as soon as i well, got you know Kiff calmed down i went I into the daycare to talk to the daycare director right and yeah this is unacceptable well, also yeah. that's like a physical intimidation right like that's oh 100 percent with it's a threat the child there like it was 100 percent. it would never have happened if i was there there's no. zero chance he would have approached. Okay, but hold on. Was this the parent of someone or? The, the parent of someone in the daycare, yeah. Oh, so he's still around, eh? Okay. He is still around. And, like, I talked to a friend of mine who is daycare director it's in Edmonton, and she was saying that this is grounds for, like, dismissing the family from the daycare. I was like, listen, I don't want to, like, push for that right away, but I well, don't think it's unreasonable. Yeah, fuck him, though. Like, why would you give him any benefit of the doubt? He just, yeah. I mean, I know you're trying to be a good guy here, but, and I'm the hothead, but. Trust me, I was hot. Oh, <laughs> I, I, had, know, like, I know. 
and I'll, I'll never and I know that you 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 obviously you'll be you'll defend him like a like a, a mama eagle there but um th- that to me is not just a hey let's talk about it thing you know what I mean that no, to me no, is no. him that he thought about it at home and he got himself all ramped up while while you know while his buddies on his Joe Rogan podcast uh, website were telling him it's great and uh he went out there and he just made someone's life more terrible for no reason whatsoever and that's just a sign of a shitty person so hopefully he walks around with a tree to replace all the oxygen he wastes because uh that's fucking terrible, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have to go through that. And uh, how's Kish doing anyways? How's, uh... She's, she's good. I think she was mad at me because I was, like, reminding her <laughs> that, like, this was intimidation and he did harass you and, like, it's okay to be upset. Yeah. Because, <clears throat> like, for the first couple days, I was like, I'm going to do all the drop-offs and the pickups in case this guy's around. I don't want you around him. And she was like, listen, I'm not a baby. And I was like, I know. I know you're not a baby. But also, just, let, like, let me be a toxic male. <laughs> For well, a, days you know what's dumb because like that's our reaction it's like okay like let us be toxic about this there you know like just let me be just a little bit toxic i handled everything professionally that's, a treat, that's yeah. why i'm here and not in jail like i i had a conversation with the guy and his wife and they were all apologetic because the daycare was like probably put the fear of god into them a little bit that they could get expelled but i was like i just want you to understand that even though you're apologizing this situation is not over and dealt with there are going to be further repercussions of this. And if this ever happens again to us or any other parent in the daycare, there's going to be authorities involved. And I know a whole lot of media in this town that would love to cover a story like this. So you want to fuck around, you will find out. I didn't threaten any physical violence, even though I really wanted to. That first day... I was there on your shoulder like, hit him, hit him. (laughs) Come towards me. Take one step. Hit him with a jab. (laughs) I will say, Mark, that morning, because I do boxing at H2O MMA Mondays and Thursdays with my trainer, Kevin Lan. And I know Kevin's brother watches the show, so shout out to you, Mr. Lan, number two. Uh, I don't think I've ever hit as hard as my Monday boxing session. I was going... Hey, all out like i rode adrenaline for like right? eight hours that day I, I don't think i've ever been so mad in my entire life you can talk shit about me all you like i see it all the time on social media it I doesn't do it really bother time, me yeah. anymore <laughs> you you do it all but if you if you come but between your son too eh? oh, my oh. kids and my wife it will be handled i'll say so, this you're you're a better man than i because i would have just absolutely immediately lost my mind and then fathers in jail and uh, you know all that fun stuff but uh how and and real quick how's miles doing is he did he did he register any of this or did we, he just register that mommy wasn't uh, very happy we don't know but overall like he nothing's really changed for him uh okay. he seems to still be happy uh, no he's a beautiful what, kid who loves life and yeah. if what made me extra mad mark that, is that morning during breakfast he was wearing pink pants with like rainbows and unicorns on them and the whole breakfast he was talking about how excited he was to show his friends his pants and then then that happens and i was like i swear to god if he all of a sudden doesn't want to wear what he likes i'm gonna be so mad no you guys have created. we we asked him after when we picked him up because i picked him up early that day because i just wanted to hang out with him and I was like, hey, did you show your friends your pants? He was like, yeah, they all loved it. I was like, which, which is hell yeah. I was so kid. expecting that. So you have the adult who freaks out about it. But Andrew, did you know until about 100 years ago, pink was a boy's color and blue yep. was a girl's color? Yep. Imagine it's almost getting, like colors don't have genders. There's no tri- dicks well, here, or vaginas here, on colors. But here's the fun. Okay. And, and I don't, it doesn't always click, but I also, I often wear my um trans, my trans hoodie, right? Because again i i have like the most I'm a straight white dude you know <laughs> like i got and i think isn't this week trans like visibility week um 
I do not know. And I'm very ignorant about that. So I do apologize. But, um, and then I like, I walked to the store and I come back. And then I realized like, I'm like five or six people like mean mug me. And you know me when someone mean mugs me, like I lock into them and I like, I, I, I like, I have sex with their eyes there, you know, like, okay, if it's time to go, it's time to go. But it, and then after weeks of doing it, I realized it was because of the hoodie. It was because of the hoodie every time. Yeah. Yeah. So people I, I, are, are I, losing their minds because of colors. Jesus Christ, you have a great life when a color can bother you. So I, I'm sorry you had to go through that, but really sorry about yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, we're continuing to go through it because I'm not dropping this ball. I'm pushing. No, hey, man, you did the changes, adult thing. Yeah. And again, you know what? Even because I've, I've done that where, and someone tells me you're not going to feel better afterwards, and then you do it. And for about five seconds, you feel better. And then for a month after, you feel terrible. So you did the right thing, man. And you set a great example for your son as well. Hope so. Yeah. And it is a uh, trans awareness week. Kate confirms. Uh, so first of all, three-year-old, obviously we don't know. <laughs> he just likes to wear pink stuff and purple stuff. But for those who are dealing with this very real transphobic panic bullshit that's being pushed by conservative parties across Canada, the United States and Europe, by the way, because this is part of the distraction that they're trying to get you to realize to not realize they have no goddamn ideas to solve any of our problems and are the cause of most of our problems. So getting you afraid about something that isn't actually a problem for anyone, mm -hmm. but trans rights forever and always protect trans kids and every other umbrella under the LGBTQ plus banner and freaking any kid that has a like or dislike that you don't like too bad. They're kids. They like stuff. Let them be who they are. All right. Do we have any questions in the chat or did I distract and, and real, everybody real, too real, much? <laughs> real quick, Andrew, is that um, the risk here isn't isn't for the these homophobes or these these terrible transphobes. It's for the kids, right? The suicide rate for trans kids is through the roof. So if yep. you actively participate in trans hate, you're actively participating in helping put situations up where children will decide to kill themselves. So yep. think of it that way. All right. Before we get to the questions, though, I, I would say... Um, uh, yeah, Gordy. Some people are saying that they'd go with the, the Bob Probert special, Andrew. And I would have, I would have absolutely, especially if he's bigger I than tempted. me. I, I really enjoy it when they're bigger than me because it's a lot more fun. Um, before we get going with the questions, throw those questions in the chat. I want to quickly talk about the passing of Cal Tremblay. Uh, yes, from thank the you. Cowboy Fringant. Um, were you, are you, are, you're like, a, you know about, you, you live in Quebec, so you know about the Cowboy Fringant, right? Uh, I will be completely honest with you. You've heard them 10,000 times without knowing. Probably, but the first time I saw the name was today. And of Cowboy Fringant? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So you've yeah. heard them at almost every Habs game. And the funny thing here, and there is a distinct line, and that's why I asked you, Andrew, it's not to embarrass you or anything. There's a distinct line with the ethnicity, right? So French Canadians mm -hmm. absolutely love them, and no one else has really heard of them. But they're big in even France and Belgium, for example. And th those people are, oh, those people, geez. They're, they've told me themselves they're pretty snooty when it comes to music. So what he did is that he spoke about the ugliness in society he always fought the good fight and he never punched down and i think that's really important to think as we uh traverse this life with all these complicated things that probably shouldn't be this complicated but are made complicated by people who are hateful is uh, never punch down always 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 fight the good fight and then uh you know you'll uh you'll set a good example for other people in the world and that's really what cal Tremblay did and and Cowboy Fringant are amazing band. I'm going to tell you right now, Andrew, next time at your place, I'm going to play Le Chac à Hector, là, non-stop. I'm going to play these like 
hardcore French Canadian, you know, spoons and uh, la zigazon type music, and you're gonna love it. You're just gonna, I'm gonna force you to love it. <laughs> I'm in. I mean, they were playing some of the music during the game, and I enjoyed it. So, well, okay. For example, I'm sure you've heard it, but it's just a cue there. So it's like ba ba da ba da ba ba da ba da. That's 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 them. Don't, don't get us demonetized. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Uh, yeah, if someone, uh, what do you call it? That that, that app. There, well, I'm a terrible singer, but uh, yeah. <laughs> and they had like étoile filante, and anyways, they have so many great songs and uh you know they don't take themselves too seriously either but they really they're like the tragical hit for quebec except for they spoke about like if you combine um gordon lightfoot with the tragical hit that's who Les Cowboys yeah, were. they so, had a social conscience as and well. just they were just they're just yeah exactly and, and you know very important for having uh you know they're talking about always l'écologie and, and they were just but they were not pretentious which is really important too so and i think that really defines kind of the the french canadian attitude towards things so we lost the uh a really just amazing artist, but um, yeah. yeah, follow his example, man, because he did the right things. And uh, again, never, never punched down. And I think one thing that we can learn from this whole situation and the media coverage today is we've got to do a better job of bridging the two solitudes. Oh yeah, like there's just way too much of a demarcation between Quebec culture and the rest of Canada. We need to do a better job of, of sharing. Our, our culture as a country, mm-hmm. right? It, yeah, it's absolutely. Just not, it's not done well enough. Not enough people speak French across Canada. Well, you no, know, the weird part, because I was always, I was too French for Ontario, but not French enough for Quebec, right? So yeah, just kind of always weird. And I'd have to come from, because yeah, Eastern Ontario, we have over a million Franco-Ontarians in, in, in Ontario. There's a lot. Like it's, you know, after France and Quebec, boom, it's it's Ontario. That's the, where you're going to find uh, the most, um, actually, no, it'd probably be several countries in Africa but anyways um I actually always had to go to Quebec to Montreal to watch their shows and whatnot so I was getting like my culture fix from going to Montreal and watching Slo- or watching uh, uh Jean Leloup or, or Les Cowboys Fringants or Les Trois Accords so yeah it's it's funny that uh you know it was a it's a bilingual city but I had to go to the next province to get my little dose of French culture but at the same time it's all English TV right so I'm I'm all over the map all yeah over the I, map. I hear that I want to speak French well enough to just watch like Tout le monde en parle you know like you know what? That's pretty just, good. Just and, and be involved. You know what you have to do? Follow Pierre Oud's example because this guy has taught tons of immigrants to speak French, and I'm not joking here. Uh, it's the yeah. same thing as like when Seinfeld would teach immigrants to speak English. Listen to Pierre Oud, and he has the best French because it's not pretentious, but it's mm-hmm. you know it's, he's just concise and he's got great vocabulary. Pierre Oud is the way to go, and he's a consummate professional. Ryan Dodd's go. got a good question in the chat here. Yeah, there was a there was a few asking the same thing. So we'll ask we'll answer just a couple because we went super long here. But uh, Ryan Dodd and a few other people also asked, uh, "What defenseman do you call up if uh, Jack guy misses time and Harris obviously can't Struble. go?" It's Struble. It's immediately. It has Struble. to be Struble. And it's on not just because of the him. style of play. It's because Struble has been the best defenseman in Laval too. Yeah, on on merit, it has to be Struble. Yeah, That's... yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he's suspended right now, but I think you could actually call up a guy Is who's he? suspended, eh? Yeah. Oh, he came off the bench after, who was it? Um, some dude slash Brady keeper. And it was pretty dumb. Like the game was over and just two handed him. And so how Struble, long is he suspended? Three games because he came off the bench. But Struble, like uh-huh. speaking of bullying people there, he fed him his lunch there. He was, uh, yeah, it was, um, we, we, I remember asking um, Madison, who used to be his coach at uh, Northeastern. And I was like, well, he's strong, right? He's like, no, he's a specimen. I'm like, what, what do you mean here? He's like, he's the guy that in Greek times, you'd get him to sit down and you would like, you'd make a statue out of granite out of this guy there. So yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a physical specimen. As they always said, he's just so strong, but he's also underrated offensively. And he's been great for the Laval Rocket. Like William Trudeau has been disappointing. William, uh, uh, Matthias Norlander has been disappointing. 
Uh, Logan Mayu, again, can't identify his goalie from a police lineup. So, yeah, it's got to be Struble. It's got to be. What about Baudin? Uh, you know, I just, at this point, I, and it's funny because I just ranted about keeping Hua down. I feel like Baudin is kind of just a little too old and a little not part of the plan. So he's just, if you're, he's the Xavier Ouellette situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're going to, if you want to keep the development going, perfect. Call him up. But if not, you know, yeah, you call him up. It's kind of like you'd call Leas Anderson up to avoid calling up Hua, but not on merit, not on merit. Yeah, 100%. All right, there was another question here. Uh, now I'm, I've lost it. Let's see here. Okay, Trinka mentions this, and this is funny because, real quick, uh, it says grandfathers grew up in Montreal, huge have fans, but they're English. Mute the game and put the radio on, and that's exactly how my grandfather uh, used to watch uh, Habs games when I, because he he knew I was a, he was a Leafs fan. My grandmother was a Detroit fan. My brother was a Chicago fan. My other one was a Boston fan. I ended up being a Habs fan, and that's exactly how they did it. And it just I don't know, but it just reminded me of that amazing picture of his huge radio that he had on his counter. So thank you for mentioning the grandfather thing, Trinka. That just, that was a great memory. Yeah, I, I can't find the comment, but somebody asked if there's a Habs trade before the new year and who's going. I think it's Primo. Primo. Uh, I, based here's on the thing, Andrew, play, gonna I give... would rather trade Allen right now, but you're, not, you're never going to trade. You got an extra year. It's You're, you're not going to, no, no, that's not going to happen. It's way more you... difficult to move under the flat cap. So I, I think it's going to be Primo. Unless I don't know you, where he's going to go. Unless you retain, right? That, that's what yeah. you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. But then they, they're out of retaining slots too, if they do that. Yeah. But that, here's the thing. Who gives a shit, right? That's not the worst thing in the world, is it? I actually don't mind the idea. Like, unless you want to retain on. Like, I agree Armia. with you that it, like it might prevent something in the future, but I rather have the team that uses all three than the team that uses none to their advantage. You know what I mean? Like, True. yeah, you're kind of hitting the, like uh, the, the, the Mac like, look at all my cap space. Well, it's going to go away. That's the thing. It's an expiring asset. So yeah, I don't, um, I wouldn't worry about that, but it's going to be primo and it's not going to be for a lot, man. That's, I will say one of the biggest flaws and someone mentioned if Anderson uh, got offered if they got offered a first round pick for Anderson. Yeah, yeah, they they did. It wasn't as good. I believe it was Thomas that mentioned it. it wasn't as good as some may think. Really, the biggest ones they're talking about was with the Flames, and it was more like a prospect and like a a decent pick. Okay, so like let's say second and like a B plus guy, but um, they'll still end up getting value for Anderson, just not even remotely close. And same thing with Primo, man. Like they're not gonna get. And I get why he does this. Kent Hughes keeping last year, he kept uh, what's his uh, Dandanov in the lineup the entire time, trying to get him. He really, really wants to maximize his assets. But I'm honestly curious as to whether or not it's worth it to do all this and kind of screw up your slow down all your goaltending for a fourth round pick. You know what I mean? Like, I just like you're, and, and I don't think Martin Saint Louis likes it either. I'll be perfectly honest. I think he's getting kind of annoyed of the orders coming from. Up yeah, top. I mean, I, I don't think there's really anyone in the organization that likes the three goalie situation. Like, and Primo's it, been in, like he used, anyone. He used to, at one point he was McNiven, Lindgren, Primo, and then who, like he was in so many three ways in the AHL. That's not what I wanted to say. He was in. <laughs> <laughs> was he now, Mark? <laughs> Tell us more. Wet and wild in Laval, you know, like you, you know what happens in Rochester moves out and yeah and, and people videotape it but no he uh yeah the guys hate having to share the net right now and if you're Samuel Motabo talking about a extension and it's like he's not even getting the backup spot when Primo is starting so I don't know I, and you know Allen's probably not happy either so uh yeah it's about time like I, I look forward to next year when Ken Hughes kind of 
stops forcing Saint Louis, for example, to play guys like Slavkovsky when he's not ready. I know things have been better lately, but last year that was clear, clearly the case. Um, you know, keeping guys like Dadanov in the second line, keeping guys like Anderson. Now, Anderson might be a Saint Louis choice, but there's been a lot of calls coming up from, you know, from inside the house, but unfortunately they're not the right decisions. Yeah, and I mean, the sooner the Canadians can get out of the we have to play this guy to get value for him situation, the better for the club, right? But I guess while they're still rebuilding, it doesn't really matter that much. But overall, Screw, I think but we're I all just, just kind of like tired of it. Yeah, and I think the players get tired of it because it screws the whole idea of meritocracy. And yeah, yes, uh, yeah. Thomas mentions Pornhub is located in Montreal. My good friend works for uh, Pornhub. Yeah, Jay Zito used to do that, right? Oh, well, there you go. I don't know if he still does or not, but uh, either way, I think that's all from us tonight. Uh, (laughs) On on that Pornhub note, we're gonna. (laughs) (laughs) Once we start talking about that, it's time to end the show. Uh, Thanks everyone for joining us here tonight, and uh, thanks Mark for coming on with me. And uh, we'll see you next time. I I believe it's next game Saturday. Bye, As Claire. per usual, it's uh, we're <laughs> we're both on together again. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, I think against but the I, Bruins. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have to actually talk to you about scheduling for the other games because some names got moved around. We'll talk about that once we're off. And we'll the figure edge. it out. But thank you to everyone for joining us. Honestly, we're so lucky to have a great community like this. It's always we always add people to our streams too, which is really cool. You know, so we're seeing Matsubaka jump in all the time now, and David's here all the time now, and Thomas too, always joining Kay and Claire and. Trizak and Trinka, who's the same person, let's be honest. So we're really, and Ian, obviously, who I booked a show with him. He's going to be on pretty soon, too. So I just want to say thank you so much to our community. Don't forget to like the stream before you go. That's right. All right. See you later. Game!